Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Social Contract, a Commander podcast. I'm Mike Almond, and joining me is my co-host, Alex Lapp. Alex, what's up, man? Well, Mike, today we have another very special guest. We do, we do. Uh, joining us this week is uh, designer for Channel Fireball, recent addition to the Commander Advisory Group, Ch- Game Night's champion, talented comedian. You can hear her on the Better Than Heroes podcast and co-host of the Commander Sphere podcast. It's Rachel Weeks. Rachel, what's up? Did I miss anything? And if I did, please, like, take a break, okay? Well, I uh, a lot of people knew me at the beginning because I made I made a bunch of playmats for Inked Gaming, um, but I haven't made one in a little while, so I, I am taking a break on that. <laughs> well, my question for you about Inked Gaming is: Did you ever make a lasagna themed playmat? Hey. I haven't. I haven't yet. That is on the docket of things for me to do. But I have tried a number of illustrations of lasagna, and it looks gross every time. <laughs> I know, right? That's the problem with food. But what we wanted to talk with you about today is something that uh, I had not heard of until recently, because I'm not totally versed in every aspect of Commander. But as soon as I read uh, what you what you had to say about lasagna tier edh i was immediately interested (laughs) rachel tell us about lasagna edh so this is uh the lasagna tier came from a joke episode that dan and i did at the very beginning like right Mm -hmm. when we started it was right when uh it was uh command fest had just started coming out so everybody was sort of it was the peak of everybody talking about how to rank the power levels sure. of decks. That was all <laughs> all Twitter was talking about. And we're like, you know what? We should come up with like our own tiered list. And we came up with a nine-tiered power list, and it was mm-hmm. absolute nonsense. Um, it was <laughs> ridiculous. There's it, it was like Raven tier was like a standard deck, and their tier nine is just not a deck at all. <laughs> we were like, <laughs> like a bicycle or your friend Chris, like those <laughs> are tier nine decks. So it was this ridiculous list, and we had a lot of fun with it. And one of the tiers was lasagna tier, where Dan just read a recipe to lasagna, <laughs> and we we sort of expanded on that and kind of jokingly referred to our sort of super casual version of commander as lasagna tier and then that sort of developed into this more formal declaration of what it means to us so that like the the way we define lasagna tier today is at any power level it is playing with the priority of improving the quality of the game rather than winning. So you make moves with the intention of of making big things happen and make having exciting things happen and you know sort of crescendoing the game rather than just the optimal play every turn. I love that. That's everything that we're about here. Yeah. <laughs> That's I like Us everything too. that I just heard. It's it's building the story and like what's going to make for the better story, what's going to make for the better right. experience overall, as opposed to, all right, uh, Labman Thassa's Oracle, all right, shuffle up, play again. Like it's 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 a right. very collaborative thing. It's literally 
it's the social contract in food form, which are two of my favorite things. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's exactly it's exactly that thing where where we're just like the, this. Yeah, it's a collaborative effort rather than a competitive effort, which is the is the primary difference. And when you say difference, like for me, this is how I feel most of my actual like play groups are, or at least this is what yeah. I'm looking for the most. It, would you say that this is? Do you seek this out, or is this just kind of like the most common, I guess the most common tier of EDH, with it being something that is only, it's existed for a while, but it's it's been a like, no, this is the thing, and like recognized as the actual tier. It's pretty cool. Thank you. I, um, I definitely think it's an aspirational thing. Sure. Um, I think it's something that we're like, like in naming it, in calling it lasagna tier, and spelling out what it means, and like specifying that this is your goal Mm -hmm. i think it i think it really clarifies for a lot of players like oh this is my priority in a game i should build that way rather than and i should play that way and i and that sort of thing because we have this um problem it's not a problem it's it's sort of the puzzle of casual edh we can call it a problem i mean it's figuring out how to balance playing optimally and building optimally and still like having a fun and product productive game with our friends. And I think figuring out that like, Oh, my priority is this and everything I do should lead toward this fun, big thing that we want the most. It makes it easier for you to make decisions. It's like a goal, I guess, rather than, you know, competitive EDH or even, like optimized EDH, um, it, which is just we're playing to win. We're playing the cards that we have to to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that that's, you know, less or not fun. It's just not the kind of EDH that I play. And I think it's probably not the EDH that most people play. It's such a good screed that I wish I had come up with it. So you say it's an <laughs> aspirational way to play EDH. So that would imply that there is a non-lasagna tier. What What's the opposite of lasagna tier EDH? Is that like eggplant parmesan? Is that cold <laughs> manicotti? What, what's the opposite? Man, it's. I feel like it's like a granola bar. Like it's oh, efficient. No. It gets the job done, you know? Like it gets you from – it gets you – not hungry anymore it's soylent lasagna is such a superfluous way to eat food right? and there's so much <laughs> stuff that goes into it like i you said granola yeah. and i was going in that granola or yeah. like the smoothie that has the nutrients in it and it just yeah. tastes like mud kind yeah. of thing i mean it doesn't even have to taste bad but like like you can fill a you can fill like a protein shake full of ice cream or berries or something like that it still tastes good but it's like the point of it is to get you know your nutrients for the morning it's like an energy thing right lasagna has never like made someone feel better right (laughs) other than the you know the taste and the flavor there right what i see and i think what mike sees as well is group hug and politics, but that's just our lens. What archetypes do you think of when you think of lasagna tier EDH, or do you think of any? So I think I think it can be any archetype. I think you can build in a way like with this intention, right? Where you're like, okay, I'm going to build an aggro deck, but I want to build an aggro deck that does neat big stuff and allows sure. for my opponents to do neat big stuff. 
Um, I don't. I mean, I don't think Stax really lives in this space because <laughs> Stax is Stax and like control is tough because it that's sort of designed to slow down and control the bigness of a game. Right. And the intention of lasagna tier is the bigness, right? So if you're running, you know, mono blue counter spells, Drake guy, what's his name? Um, Talrand. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like it, it, you're just making Drakes from counter spells. Your goal isn't to have like a big splashy game. It's to make sure nothing happens until you can kill people with Drakes. I guess. Yeah. Right. Stax um, is bringing the taser to the dinner party that hopefully you didn't really want to bring, unless somebody's <laughs> coming on way too hard there. It's just you don't yeah. you don't need to tase lasagna. It's just a a different intention, right? Like, I I think it would be hard to have a control deck that's goal is to improve the quality of the game. (laughs) And and when I say quality, I mean just, like, the moments of a game, right? Like, you, like, you want a story to come out of every game that you play. Absolutely. Right? So you want to be like, and then this happened, and then this happened, and if there's a you know, a hard control player, you're like, and then nothing happened because I wouldn't allow us. And that <laughs> makes it trickier. And then I tried to do something and I couldn't. And then I untapped, but I didn't. So I picked yeah. a thing to untap. And then they said, okay. And pass. then we moved tables. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, it just like a stack deck has the intention of winning. Like that's just a different kind of, of deck. Right. So, uh, when you when you're talking about aspirational and everything along those lines, I I, I I'm I'm with you 100. Mm-hmm. percent And you you brought up like kind of a way that I didn't think about actually doing tears, and it it makes me really happy that this started as a joke, mm-hmm. and then kind of expanded into this is yeah. the way that people would try and again we called it power level and things along those lines where it's okay well what's your deck well my deck's a seven well, okay yeah. what the heck does that mean. Like, it's it's a seven here versus a four here versus a nine. But your system talks about the goal of your deck. What is the actual goal? Well, the goal is to just make the most fun game possible Mm. with just Mm. these big swings and all these different archetypes, essentially, except for stacks, because stacks is the worst. Um, (laughs) But we have a whole episode where we call stacks players perverts. And oh. what? Uh, it's, we have, we have I'm a t shirt. We have a t shirt that says Staxes for Perverts on I it. I did not and, know uh, I was walking into this. Yeah, Alex, this is actually why I was excited to this have is... Rachel onto the, the podcast. How terrible. I'm sorry, I'm, can I say I feel perverts? assaulted. I didn't even ask. No, this. You, you, oh, you're fine. Don't worry. Uh, oh, this, is, this is really just our intervention episode for Alex because. Um, I have a stacks deck. Yes, you One. do. You do, but you give it. You give it the same amount of attention that you give to the other tiers that, or not the other tiers, but the other archetypes that I love so much. Of course, and, I do. And, but see, when you do that. I want you to imagine that if you had three children, okay? Oh, my God. And one of them was on the honor roll, and one of them was a star athlete, and the other one burned down houses. And then you told me, <laughs> oh, I, I love like this all kid. of my children equally. And I'm like, you can love them all equally, but know that the rest of us, one of them makes us very sad. I like my house. Stop burning it down. <laughs> it's it's funny because, like, you probably would give the most attention to the kid burning down houses, right? <laughs> like, that's just kind of how parenting works. 
That's the thing is the my deck that burns down houses, it doesn't burn them down indiscriminately. It picks a house and it burns that house down. Ah, right. It picks the, maybe it picks the mansion or the the house with the with the I don't know the angry dog. I don't know. Ah, the Simic house. Yeah, the Sim- yeah. The house of Simic <laughs> must burn. House, the yeah, house. exactly. The you know what? Pool. Yeah. I oh see. my gosh. <laughs> Wait, how do we burn a pool to the ground? So, Alex, hear me out. Yeah. So this deck, all right. So when people are sitting down hoping for a lasagna tier, and then somebody else brings in this terrible, no, I'm going to burn the entire meal. No one gets to eat unless I say so. Uh-huh. Your stacks deck, it's literally just calling and ordering in. That's what it is, because it's, oh, this guy's terrible. Let me take care of this, and then we're going to keep playing, okay, everybody? That's that's the it's li- You call the waiter over and ask them to reseat one of your guests? Yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. This individual that we brought in is absolutely at, terrible. We, we would all like to not eat else? lasagna with them. Is that all right? <laughs> I'll, like, take their fork and bend it. That's that what my deck another, does. Uh, part of it that we talked about is is it was like lasagna is to share, right? So like when you mm-hmm. make a lasagna to your deck, you make it for like other people to enjoy. Right. <laughs> so because yeah. you don't like, eat a lasagna alone if you can help it, right? Yeah, oh. I mean you can, but like you'll feel really sick after. Um, yeah, lasagnas can be different sizes. But like I, to to be totally fair, like I have two. I, I play dual commander as well. It's like a, a more competitive one v one format, and I have two stack decks. I have Duretti stacks, and I have Winota Hate Bears. So it's like oh, I wow. absolutely like get the appeal of stacks, and I absolutely sure. understand that. It's just yeah, like outside what I would ever do in a multiplayer situation. <laughs> See, you, <laughs> unless you I was it. playing like CEDH. Right. I, I mean, admittedly, I'm I'm also the the person that with the the lockdowns and pandemic and staying inside a whole lot extra. I've been brewing because that's how I've stayed sane. And I, I I, can neither confirm nor deny that I have literally set up four different decks at my dining room table and then just walked around and played each of them before. So the idea <laughs> of, hey, it's okay, we're going to play in this format or this format or this format, uh, yeah, totally fine. I appreciate that. I want to just be around people who want to have the same kind of experience and fun. Mm-hmm. It's just great. I love this lasagna tier EDH. I love the uh, ethos of it. It's just fantastic. But let's go ahead and pivot to another interesting fact about you, and that, Mm Rachel, is that you are uh, very recently, in fact, a member of the Commander Advisory Group. Yes. Um, What can you tell us about that? I got a message out of the blue (laughs) from (laughs) Sheldon Mennery, who I met. You're hired. (laughs) Get to work. And like I talked, I talked to Sheldon before. This wasn't just like a message from Sheldon Mennery. I didn't get like an owl in the mail. I've been accepted. Um, he sent me a message. And he's like, "Hey, we're considering you for the position. Would you accept?" And I said, "Yeah, I absolutely would." <laughs> Heck yeah! And then he said, "Okay, you're in if you want it." And then I was in. We, you know, haven't done a whole lot since they just did a, they just did a rules update. Um, right. But so far, it's been great. Um, most of the time we just communicate on about what things are, are sort of hot and happening in commander ethos. What are all the hip kids up to? Yeah, basically like, I mean, what everybody's sort of talking about or concerned about and, um, giving our perspective and experience on it is really all, um, we're being asked to do. So I, 
I talked about it a little bit with with Ellie of the Veil, but um, I I think my job is to, you know, communicate from the community to the rules committee because I don't make any of the changes. We we only like provide insight and experience, right? I can only mm-hmm. say what I've heard and what I've experienced in game, and then they I leave it up to the we leave it up to the rules committee to make final decisions on you know, banning and unbanning and, and rule changes and, and so forth. Obviously, we have input, but there there's no final word coming from the advisory group. Sure. So the commander advisory group has, with you, uh, multiple people were, were appointed along with you, so it's now grown mm-hmm. in size. Uh, you all, I assume, talk to each other at, at a decent uh Right. Do you all get along relatively well? Do you have people on the group that you disagree with on a fundamental level about certain things? Um, not... Tell us who you hate, Rachel. Yeah, let's... No, that's, let's... I'm not asking for names. I'm <laughs> no, not asking for I, names. I, I think that there's definitely a variety of opinions on the advisory group, and that's what it's supposed to be, right? Um, I, mm-hmm. I think different people have different priorities and come from different backgrounds, whether it's competitive or casual. Um or it's in the United States or not, or you're a content creator or not. Obviously, some of those are unbalanced perspectives, but I do think that the Rules Committee is working on kind of making sure that there's a member of the community that represents, you know, each EDH player, um, which is obviously a loud and uh, differing group. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're a lot of people and we're real loud. We're, we we are and 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 even when you're talking about like because i I've, I've heard it said by multiple content creators and, and i've heard it uh talking about how okay so we understand that cdh is a thing but it's also this smaller group that we still mm-hmm. have to balance for but at the same time when we're balancing balancing for them there's all these other things that we have to keep in perspective and all these groups so is it Man, I you just got into the job and I'm asking you the intricacies here, but like mm-hmm. is it one of those things where everything that comes across your table, you know, for lack of a better term, is it how does this affect everything for all these groups and talking with the other people on the advisory group or is it just a hey, how do you feel about this, Rachel? I I think of it as closer to a hey, how do you and the people around you feel about this, Rachel specifically. Okay. Like when it comes mm-hmm. to um, like the CEDH community, there's like Jim just got added. Jim uh, from Spike Feeders just got added to the group as well and has a much mm-hmm. clearer perspective on what the CEDH community needs and wants. So I would trust his opinion on those matters over mine, which is why he's, you know, on the group. Um, but I think we all are sort of guided by this philosophy document, which they released, I think, last year. Um, and is on the website. And if you haven't read it, you should check it out. But it's, it states the intention of Commander and the intention of the Rules Committee. And their, you know, what is our guiding philosophy, which is mm-hmm. Commander is a casual format. And a, we're going to do as little as we can to allow you to play as much of the game as you want. Because it's designed for you to have fun in your way. But, like, overall... Commander's a casual format, and we want to keep it a fun and healthy place. Um, because as much as as like you, we talk about Rule Zero and how I think Rule Zero is an incredible tool that you know only our format has, where you can sit down and be like, "Hey, do you mind if I play a Planeswalker as my commander?" and that table sure. can decide. Um, 
which I'm absolutely for. But if if they were like, okay, should we formally unban all planeswalkers? That's like a much bigger and grander step. Um, that it, and that affects like these global communities, like your Magic Online's. Um, maybe someday your arena, but like these are people who don't have that rule zero moment where they can talk about their intention of the game, like like we talk about in like lasagna tier type stuff. Um, there are places where the guidelines set by the rules committee, you know, has to make that a, as fun of a game as possible. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, it's it's a great responsibility, and and it's good to have people with perspective like yours because it sounds like there's a lot of different perspectives on the there's committee. a lot of people in our community right and everybody wants something a little bit different so sure. f- figuring out how to make the majority happy and keep the format healthy is is a big responsibility um i feel very lucky that i can just be like here's what i think you figure it out sheldon like it's- <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome like- <laughs> Now you touched on something that's uh, that I found interesting and that I've observed just as a EDH player. You said that the rules committee aims to do as little as possible to make the game as fun as possible, and yeah. that really lines up with what I've seen. And I think a lot of commander players have seen that the rules committee moves at a very glacial pace. They don't mm. like to do bans, they don't like to do unbans, and they don't like to change the rules. That is that uh, what you've noticed as well. How do you feel about this philosophy? That, that is what I've noticed just as a player. Um, I haven't really had a ton of perspective just from, from you know, the inside uh, mm-hmm. view, really. But I, I think they're very careful with the health of the format, which I appreciate. I, I don't think they take bans lightly. I don't think they take unbans lightly. And I think that's how it should be. It's a very big community. It's a global community. And Mm -hmm. the more it changes, the more confusing things are, the more like your investment in certain cards goes up and down. And like you're they they really want you to be able to have a deck from 10 years ago, like a commander deck that you're like, this is my one commander deck. And it's going to I'm going to be able to play it for 10 years more. Mm -hmm. So you have this consistency of it, right? And if Mm -hmm. you, if you're unbanning and banning 10 new cards every year, then it's hard to keep up with this format, right? (laughs) It's expensive. (laughs) Oh, for sure. See, in, in my head, I'm, and this man, I, I do not think this will come off as an insult, but if it does feel free to, to what are you going to say now? The coals here. Um, so in my head, this is the commander advisory group is like a, it, it's it's like a Reddit post where you're given a, hey, this is what we're talking about mm-hmm. from Sheldon, who's the, the grand Redditor in my head. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then you guys are putting your input onto it. You're, you're kind of discussing, well, this is where oh. I think about it. This is what I think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with this. I don't agree with this. And they're taking all of that. And then applying it to what is the healthiest thing that we can do with all of this input from these people that Mm -hmm. know what they're talking about and have only the best intent for the game at large. So it's, it's the healthiest version of Reddit, which is, I understand totally a counterbalance of each other. Mike, did you just say that you intend for this not to be an insult? And then you straight up called Sheldon Mennery the world's biggest redditor no no i called him the the grand redditor the okay grand that's even redditor. worse 
yes, the grand. Uh, it, which is, I, I, I know there was a better metaphor for it. Yeah, like anything else. It's just like a... It's the, like the chairman of the board thread, which is what reddit right. is at its root right like you give yeah. it you give a topic we give input and that's very much what my experience has been so far so they're like hey what are right. your opinions on these things how do you feel about this uh and and then all of that input goes in and they you know take it into a, a much smaller room and and hash things out i sure. mean the the rules committee has been with commander and knows commander so much more intimately than even the commander advisory group because they've just been with it for so long. Right. Um, so, you know, they have the history of like, oh, what was this format like when Raffello's wasn't banned? Uh, and, uh, and then he was, like, and then he wasn't, and then yeah, he was. That, that knowledge yeah. is, uh, is, is something I don't have who's, you know, sure. newer, newer to the format. I thought of a better metaphor, but it wasn't nearly as funny in a terrible way. So <laughs> I just stuck with my terrible one, and then Rachel used. That's great, a Mike. You just apt keep metaphor. digging that hole for yourself. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's fine. No, I like I said, feel free to drag me over the. Now, this it. this may be a bit of a, a pressing question, and you can definitely give me a very diplomatic answer. But um, <laughs> I know that if I were on the commander advisory group, I would. Oh boy. Personally, for me, I would be like. Man, I really want to see all these cards that I want to see banned. I want to get this card banned. I want to get this card unbanned. I want this rule to change. Do you feel that drive to to very much just get your flavor of EDH pushed through, or do you feel much <laughs> more uh, communal, <laughs> less selfish sense like I would? He asked. I am, he I asked the s- person who designed lasagna tier. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I am certainly on the side of let's do as little as possible and right. as permissible Good. as possible. Right. Um, I, like, I know how I play and I know what I like and, um, you know, lasagna tier is, is obviously something else, but that's a segment of what EDH is. And Mm. so I wouldn't, like, I, I would just want people to be able to play with the cards that they want and I want them to have a nice time. Mm -hmm. Um, so I... Le- would lean toward unbans rather than bans, even though like I would never want to see a humility at another table in my life. But you know, I'm not waving the ban humility flag in front of Sheldon's face <laughs> um, because you know he's seen it and <laughs> no, he's heard of it. He's heard he's heard of this card. It sucks. But I I definitely am on board with the um, let's let's just try and make it a good place and. I am very. I trust the community to be able to figure out how to play the game how they want to do it. Um, I like I said. I think Rule Zero is is the tool that we use to make EDH what we want it. Like I have a Princess Twilight Sparkle deck that's mm-hmm. obviously oh completely God. illegal. Um, We've talked about that card. It's it, it makes me favorite. Is it that the every happy. pony wins the game card? Every pony. It is the every pony wins the game. Oh card. my god! <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite episodes that we've done so far oh was us gosh. talking about silver borders. That is going to be the best I got, deck. I got to correct Alex every single time that he said any player, and I said no, it's any pony. Any whenever <laughs> any player, any pony. So if you do oh not self-identify as a pony, you did not win. That's uh, fair. Okay, it's I every, guess I it's lose. Every pony. It's not any pony. <laughs> Listen. Okay. Lasagna Tier says that every pony, any pony, and any player that wants to have a good game with good stories is going to win at the end. So yeah. I appreciate it. My that. lasagna is certified pony free. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Now that we have discussed food, uh, Reddit, lasagna tier in oh, just in general, mm-hmm. um, and everything, I think we're gonna take a quick break so I can <laughs> regain my composure. <laughs> we'll be right back. All right, we're back, and we're coming back to you with our something old, something new segment. Normally, this is where I like to give some advice to some of the newer players to Commander, and Alex gives some advice to our veteran players. But whenever we have a guest, I mean, we got to take advantage of that. So, mm-hmm. Rachel, you're gonna take you're gonna take so much work off both of our backs this week. Uh, Thanks, Rachel. Why don't you t- Why don't you tell us something that you would suggest for? all players just what what advice would you give to people i i've talked about it a little bit but i mean commander is the only format where you can play the cards that you like and Mm -hmm. i think you should take full advantage of that when uh, when we start playing commander i i think everybody plays the cards that they like and are cool and you're like i just like the picture like i had a it's a ted ted (laughs) i have to yeah it's it's (laughs) Oh no, I can't think of his name. Uh Dan always talks about how like the old it's like a nine mana eight eight trample with regenerate. And like uh he was like, I couldn't think of a more powerful card. Sure. <laughs> I think um, I think the one for me was Force of Nature. Oh god. I was like, this is an eight yeah. eight trample with yeah. upkeep of three or four green every turn, and I was like, but it's an eight eight. <laughs> Here's this when I had that moment. It was an Eldrazi. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, you. there's no format where you just get to play that card, right? Like, uh, without just getting run over. So I think I think you should take full advantage of, of your options and be like, I like this card. I know it's not the best option or I know it's not even the most fun option you're like i like playing with it and i'm gonna try and play with it or with the people that you know want to play that kind of game sure i i I got asked a couple of times what my opinions on like on planeswalkers as commanders are and it was like if you want your a planeswalker as your commander ask your play group like do it build the deck i mean you should probably have a backup creature in the deck in case you know you want to switch it out but I absolutely want you to be able to play that deck. Or if you want to build a silver border deck, do it. As long as the people at the table are are cool with it. Like, I'm cool with it. Um, and, and I think that's just how you're going to get the most out of this format. Is really leaning into what you like to do and what makes you feel good to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I, t- talked, I kept talking about this Kai card deck. I built a Kai card deck because I was like, hey. I need a Spellslinger deck. I don't have a Spellslinger deck. I can't, I, I don't know how to build them and I need to learn. I need to learn and experience a Spellslinger deck. Yeah. yeah, and and I hated it. I hated the deck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to build to this deck because I have to have one. Oh, wait, yeah. this is why I don't have one. And it's like, no, I don't. I don't need this experience at all. This is a game that I play because I like it. Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't have to do that. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna cut to Alex looking at Kaikar and just going, hmm. My boyfriend kept making fun of me because I kept trying to make it a token deck. (laughs) 
I was like, okay, if we put anointed procession mm-hmm. and I put in um, <laughs> like impact tremors and like all these, I was just, I would, just wanted to like cast a uh, Mercadia's downfall. And he's like, no, that's not what Kaikar does. They're going to kill you because I think you're playing like an interactive, horrible Kaikar deck. <laughs> and and you countered, that's not what your Kaikar yeah. does. No, all My I wanted Kai-Kar. to do was, all I wanted to do was swing with spirits. And he was like... <laughs> It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I just, I, and I took it apart. I just took the deck apart I, I, recently. And I was like, you know what? I have uh, done some self-searching uh, and I don't need a Spellslinger deck right now. And then Orvar came out and now I have the creatureiest Spellslinger deck in existence. Go. So it's... um. Like you'll you'll find the commander you like, you'll find the card you like. I feel like we we really put a lot of pressure to be like, oh, I have to have one of each color combination. It's like, no, you can have two Jun decks if you like Jun. You hear that, Alex? <laughs> you can have two Jun decks, Alex. <laughs> so what Rachel doesn't know, and what makes that truly funny, is that specifically i do only have one deck of each color combination and specifically when the new jund mana burn commander came out in uh, commander legends Mm -hmm. i bemoaned the fact that i already had a a jund deck Um, but that's (laughs) not what i'm i knew it like you you exactly the color not only did you nail it but i i spent hours just (laughs) doing hours alex just it was more than one episode alex let's Let's wrap back around to this because we've already denigrated stacks and now we're denigrating Kaikar. And oh, I have a Kaikar stacks deck. So, see, this is double whammy. Well, that's the thing is like Kaikar's just not for me. And making that, like, realizing that is, was such a step for me. Right. <laughs> when it's that, like that's the people point. love Kaikar. And I was like, people love this deck. How I, I have to figure out how to love this deck. And it's like, no, I. I don't. <laughs> and no one does. Like, the whole yeah. point, is, it, and what I like about your advice is everybody starts and they put in cards in the deck where it's just, like you said, it's, I want to put this in there because I like this card. And then whether they play a game and they get laughed at the table because they're mm-hmm. playing that card or because, yeah. oh, I want to play this, but it doesn't help me a whole lot right now. And then they tune and then they tune and then they tune and suddenly what you built the deck for is no longer it's no longer recognizable so the idea of just like hey play it because you want to play it and yeah lasagna tier as a whole is really cool and alex it's okay if you want to play your kai (laughs) card deck it's all right because you want to play it and that's the point of the advice it's okay buddy You just have to find people that want to play against it, and that is that's the tricky fair. part. That's not a problem for this deck at all. For that one, it's it's totally okay. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, but it, but that being said, like absolutely make the the Jund Mana Burn Commander because I want you to should. see that happen. I, what's your other Jund deck? Uh, Sekuar Deathkeeper. Okay, so that's totally travel. different, <laughs> right? All right. I, 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 if we don't move on, I'm just going to keep picking it's, on I have the same problem as you, Rachel. Every deck I make becomes a token deck. Oh, I love a token <laughs> deck. I yeah, keep they're doing, the best. My mono blue deck is a token deck. Mm-hmm. My combo deck is a token deck. They all <laughs> turn into token decks my eventually. My aristocrats deck is a token deck. It's ridiculous. <laughs> my Jund Afterlife deck is a token deck. 
Yeah. I, 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 numbers are fun. <laughs> just, I, like, I like I having a lot of things. I like yeah. having all yeah. these things. I'm like, look how I, good I'm doing. I have so many things. <laughs> I love my play mat. I wish I could play a deck that made it to where I no longer saw any. I want to never see anything on my exactly. play mat again. <laughs> well, that's our advice for players this week. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and you can tell because I'm newer than alex uh but it's something that applies to both of us so there you go um we're gonna move on here to a segment i'm very excited about uh ooh, can i see that so we're gonna talk about some (laughs) cards that are really underplayed we each think that we're bringing some really interesting cards to the table whether it's because uh it's a powerful effect that you don't see very often or just because this deck this card is so weird we should do that so if you want to grab any of these cards, you can actually help us out in the process. So we've partnered with TCGplayer.com. So if you're looking for any singles, sealed product, deck boxes, sleeves, playmats, really anything to spice up your game experience, uh, you can go to bit.ly slash EDH social or click the link in our show notes. You don't pay anything extra and you'll really help us out by buying all the things that you were going to pick up anyway. So Alex, why don't you start us up, start us off with a card that our listeners may be interested in picking up. Absolutely, Mike. Uh, my card is Pulse Mage Advocate, and this is uh, another one of my favorites. This is a white card back when they printed white cards. Uh, Pulse Mage Advocate is two and a white for a creature human cleric. It's a 1-3, and it has a single activated ability. Tap, return three cards from an opponent's graveyard to their hand. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. I like this card a lot. So we have Mono White Reanimator, and for no mana, each activation. Yeah. The only requirement is that any one opponent of yours must have at least three cards in your graveyard, in in their graveyard. Um, Which isn't always the case, but I find that they're more than happy to get some cards back to their hand, and I'm more than happy to reanimate a creature for zero mana. And, Mike, this card is not really showing up anywhere for such a powerful reanimator spell. This is in 369 decks uh, out of 217,000, which is 0%. It was printed in Judgment, and it costs under $1. So the the funnier part about that is that you said it's in 369 decks, and I know for a fact that two of them are mine. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. I love, oh, yeah. I love this card. Great card. <laughs> There is nothing funnier to me, and that's actually why I bought it in the first place, when I'm playing against somebody that's got a wheel deck, and they're just like, alright, I'm gonna wheel stuff, haha, and, and looking at somebody put something really cool into their graveyard, and I'm like, you want it back? You want a couple things back? You want that? <laughs> you want that? Yeah, right? It kind of doubles as graveyard hate, which is really It funny. sure does! <laughs> like, you could do it in response to a reanimate, and just mm-hmm. mess up their day right does it you target the three cards right you do Turn target uh, three yeah. target cards in an opponent's graveyard it's yep. so <laughs> silly it, i love the cards that like this and, and this is why we actually do this segment i love the cards like this where it's okay if you want to use this in the most efficient or effective way possible it it can it can hang it might not be the most upper tier of power but it can hang and if you want to do something neat just because it also absolutely checks that it, it, it dots those eyes and crosses the T's. It's awesome. I like this card a lot, Alex. I'm very proud. 
<laughs> so one thing that's interesting about Pulse Mage Advocate is that it's a part of a cycle of five cards, all in judgment, but it's not a five-color cycle. It's three white cards and two green cards. Huh. And they all have Mage Advocate in their name. So I'll go through these, and, and we don't really have to talk about each of them, but suffice to say, in my opinion, this is by far the best one, sure. which is why I picked it. Um, the next best one, I would say, is Null Mage Advocate for two and a green. It's a 2-3 Insect Druid with a tap, return two target cards from an opponent's graveyard to their hand, destroy target artifact or enchantment, which is fantastic. That's in, Oh, it's in green. It's yeah, in green. That's in yeah, green. Two I, and thought, a green. Yep. I thought you said black and was like, what? <laughs> no, no, no. These are all green <laughs> Immediately white. starts Sorry, typing. Mouth, like, We're pausing the recording. Like, what? <laughs> Uh, we have Shield Mage Advocate, which is two and a white human cleric, one three, that says tap, return target card from an opponent's graveyard to their hand, prevent all damage that would be dealt to any target this turn by a source of your choice. Bit of a fog effect. Uh, and then Spurn Mage Advocate, it's a one one human nomad for a white. Tap, return two target cards from an opponent's graveyard to their hand, destroy target attacking creature. It's very nice for one mana. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And lastly, Force Mage Advocate, which is one in a green for a 2-1 Centaur. Tap, return target card from an opponent's graveyard of their hand, and put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. So there's a little bit of variety, but I think Pulse Mage Advocate is my favorite, because reanimating is uh, is more powerful than any of those effects. Mm-hmm. Sure. You hear that? You hear that, everybody? White's doing fine. They did a in cycle judgment. that's got five what did this come out? white 2002? cards and two green. It's cool. Uh-huh. Everybody calm down. This is the last good white card they printed for 20 years. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's go on to uh, to your pick, Mike. Yeah, so I was super excited about this one because I don't, I don't know that it's the least used card that we've used on this segment that is also not banned. No, but... I've, I've got your beat on that one. Dang it. All right, fine. But you beat I was me this say, I, I don't get to take full credit on it anyway because I got some help. Um, so Loading Ready Run, they did their pre-pre-release for Kaldheim. And I love this card for a bunch of reasons, but the main reason that I love it is they decided they were going to do a blind, is this a magic card or is this a metal band? Uh, <laughs> and one of the cards that came up is Delrake. And this is a 6-6 six, six for 6 generic and a black creature horror with trample. It also has the text, you may sacrifice three black creatures instead of paying Delrike's mana cost. So, all I read on this is free creature that is a 6-6 six, six trample and sack outlet mm-hmm. for literally, I don't know what the actual breakdowns of archetype are but i know there's a lot of black decks that care about sacrificing their own creatures to get value so the idea of playing a 6-6 trample creature for nothing and doing the thing that your deck wants to do uh it's ridiculous and the main reason to bring this up it's in 37 decks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought after they did a segment on it and publicized it that it would go up a bunch. And it went from 35 to 37. <laughs> so, people, this card needs some work. It does so what you're cool saying stuff. Is, is that Loading Ready Run does not control the magic finance market. <laughs> they, sh- they, I don't, they don't need to control it, but they need to control... 
Well, you know what? They're doing just fine. I'm, I'm proud of them. I'm, I'm more sad that when I also Googled this to figure out exactly how I'm supposed to pronounce it, I did find one song that was from a metal band called Delrike, And I was like, okay, it's not the band. So it's still cool. It's It can be both. But I love this card. It's just... The thing looks disgusting and gross and scary. The art is sweet, yeah. It's so cool. It's so it cool. It wears the so souls cool. of its victims like jewels on a chain. Like, that is the most metal band thing I've heard yeah. on not a metal band. And I'm like, all right, good job by you guys. I, I like this card a whole lot. Fantastic. Rachel, what you mm-hmm. got for us? Well, I it definitely seems like I took a page out of uh out of your book with this pick, but the my pick was reprocess. Mm-hmm. Um which is two black black for a sorcery, and it says sacrifice any number of artifacts, creatures, and or lands, draw a card for each permanent sacrifice this way. So this is an incredibly powerful effect. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. It's um Obviously, in any mono-black aristocrats deck, anything you're doing... I, I just built Tevishzat Nadir, and I put Reprocess mm-hmm. in that deck, and I have drawn no less than uh, 15 cards. cards with Reprocess. <laughs> <laughs> 15 cards. Um, this is in 568 decks, which means it is in 0% of black yeah. decks. On, it's on funny, EDH this is deck. in my Jund Afterlife deck, and it does work. It's I mean, very impressive. You just and sack your board and draw a ton of cards. Both printings are right around 50 cents. Um, it's in Ursa Saga and in 7th edition. Both of the arts are sweet. They're old border, unless you want to get, you know, the foil 7th edition, which is gorgeous, but is also $55. Um, oh <laughs> of course. Yeah, That's a little bit of a jump, ain't it? It's very expensive. It goes from 50 cents to 55. But um, I feel like... It's it, it's a god eternal bantu effect is is what okay. it is. Um, so if you're running god eternal bantu, consider reprocess. Obviously, it doesn't have a body, but it's one mana cheaper, uh, and it does allow you to sacrifice your lands and stuff. So you can draw so many cards with this thing. I I I just I just don't understand. I mean, I've seen a couple of people do do bumps on it on Twitter, and everyone's like, "Whoa, how have I never seen this before?" And it's like, I don't know. Just go go on Scryfall and look up, like draw a card for each. Like just yeah, just oh yeah, scroll. oh yeah. Like there's so many things, uh, and reprocess should be at the top of your list. So peek behind the curtain. Um... Part of the reason that we do this segment, whether Alex knows it or not, is so I can just find a random card that I haven't heard about and, and like react to it when Alex brings it up and say, what the mm-hmm. heck is that? And when you sent this card to us, my <laughs> response was, what the heck is that? That's awesome. <laughs> and Alex's response is, I'm running this. What are you talking about? Yeah. I'm like, You've oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No, this card's fantastic. I already it's, run it. It's great. It's, it's one of those things that just like... Like, the only decks it's in are really Shire decks, and that's just because it's the only decks that it pops up in EDH Rec for, is these mm-hmm. Shire decks. So it's like, everyone sees it in these Shire, list, Shire lists on EDH sure. Rec, and it's like, oh, I'll put it in the deck. But then it doesn't pop up in, you know, all of these mono-black token aristocrats decks, uh, which there are many of. Um, I, I, 
the idea that this isn't and, and don't get me wrong i don't play the deck because i i, I want everybody to have fun um <laughs> but like the idea that this isn't in a vast majority of corval decks yeah just makes me go blows huh. my mind huh. blows my mind the top decks on it are shiray Endrixar, and the next one is rayhan last of the abzan just alone which is very weird huh. <laughs> Alone? <laughs> it's, it's, um... Wait, what? All those solo Rayhan <laughs> players. Oh, those are recent decks. Those aren't top decks. Hang on. Okay. okay. T- oh, top commanders. There we go. Endrixar, oh. Shiray, Korvold. It's in 31 Korvold decks. Guys. Great. Just <laughs> well, great. It's a good thing Corvold that there's get on 35 Korvold decks out there. So at least it's yeah. high. Oh, wait. No. No, it's Not out of 4,250. So Mike's talking about, uh, like, metal bands and stuff like that. This would make just a phenomenal metal band cover. Let me go ahead and describe Reprocess oh, to you. So yeah. it's <laughs> in, at least on this one that I'm looking at, the flavor text says everything will find its use in Phyrexia eventually. That's and you so can cool. see a bunch of Phyrexians uh, death marching down towards an enormous forge mm-hmm. that they're presumably walking into to be reprocessed into raw materials, um, which is pretty metal. It's, it's pretty so metal. cool. You're, you're, you ready for the alternate uh, or the other printing flavor text? The battle's end is the meal's beginning. Ugh. It's Ugh. so gross, dude. Ugh. It's like a squid eating a guy, and he's yep. got oh man, it's so sweet. And it's like it's just a. I'm I'm like a graphic designer is my day job. So when I see a mm-hmm. card that's just like a beautiful card, I'm like, how? What decks can I put this in? Sure. And uh, reprocess <laughs> even with the white border is a beautiful card. A, the it's seventh a edition one. card yeah. that does a terrible, terrible, and awesome thing. It's and so powerful. <laughs> it man, blows I'm, my I'm mind. so concerned. Like, so we we're not actually showing the art on anything. Do I have to put an explicit tag just for like the descriptions and if somebody goes and looks up these cards and goes, ah, mom, what's that? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how this works at this point. Yeah, but those are those are very cool cards. If you want to pick mm-hmm. them up or literally anything, use our link and. Man, those. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on reprocess. I, I well, put, yeah, added like it to you a can cart and I haven't checked a, out yet. You can build a deck with reprocess and Delrake, which is pretty cool. Like, right? So oh, yeah. Put that deck. I mean, you could get Pulse Mage Advocate in there. You could random reanimate a Delrake with a Pulse Mage Advocate. Yeah, and your and your Orza version of the deck for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm down for this. I'm gonna make that. I I don't know what it's gonna be yet, but this I is your uh, Aristocrats Reanimator deck. There we go. Yeah, sweet. I'm yeah. into that. So, I mean, we're talking about, uh, literally leading into it, we're, we're talking about, you know, oh, we can build this with these cards, we can build this with these cards. So I'm actually kind of curious. So, uh, closing segment here, what are you working on or working with? Uh, Rachel, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, talking about your Tevish Zot. Mm. What, are, what are you building right now? Are you more in the brewing state, or are you in the, like, oh, this is the deck that I'm running as much as I possibly can? Where, where's your commander mindset i am in a state of manic shopping right now um <laughs> it's not great um i i was talking about i i built tevishat nadir which is mono black tokens and it's so fun it's very it's very sweet basically that came out of the ashes of my krav and Ragnon deck Mm-hmm. Where I was like, I like all like the tokeny aristocrat stuff of this, but having a five mana and a six mana commander that die to a board wipe is, is <laughs> very frustrating. Uh, so 
that deck was was sort of made from cards that I already had. Um, and then my I built Borborigmos Enraged, uh, and that is another thing where it's like I have all these cards. What deck can I make with them? Sure. Um, and that I wanted to build a lands deck. I don't have one right now. Um, and that became Borborigmos, which is sort of the opposite of a lands deck. Yeah. You're not playing them. You're throwing them in the trash. Yeah, I'm but, putting uh, a lot of them in the deck. They're just going somewhere else. Yeah, there's like there's like 54 lands or something in the deck. It's incredible. Uh, a bit of silly trivia about Borborigmos. Did you know Borborigmos is a word, a real word, not just the name of it? a commander? It's uh, it's the rumbling of your tummy. <gasps> that's that's Borborigmi. My goodness he's an angry tummy That's, a rumbling or gurgling so noise made by the movement of fluid and gas in the stomach and intestines <laughs> okay that's incredible uh i yeah, i'm so makes, happy right now <laughs> that makes me that makes me like him like 15 times more i'm so excited fantastic alex i've I, known you for for years uh-huh i've done several of these episodes with you and you've this always hated the, me until right now. This is the most proud of you I've been this entire <laughs> what? time. I'm so happy. Not when I got hired this. to work at EDH Rec. <laughs> Listen, I'm proud of you because you've accomplished a lot of things. Uh-huh. And I'm proud of you because of the joy that you've brought into your life. But the joy that you just brought into my and Rachel's life. <laughs> <laughs> Now this joy is shared, and I'm experiencing it all at the same time. That's that is that is ridiculous. I did not know that that mm-hmm. card is infinitely better. You know what? And funny it was good. Is I so my first D and D game ever I played mm-hmm. in Ravnica. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. we, like we bought the book and we did a Ravnica campaign, and our DM like sort of knew magic but wasn't really familiar with magic lore, so he took a lot of liberties. With like sure. magic property, and Borborigmos was in the game, but he also had a brother, <laughs> who's who he named Lou Borigmos. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean that Borborigmos's first name is Borb, last name Ligmos? I I think so. Like <laughs> this is my brother, Louis. Rigmos. <laughs> oh my like, gosh. <laughs> it's like, like wow, you know, that's not Lou really how names costs. work. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, this is the last the last five minutes have been too much for my stomach. <laughs> we have another thing too about Board Rigmos. There was a famous uh case during a professional game. I'm not sure if it was a Grand Prix. Uh, we can fill in the details later, but there was a uh, specific naming of a card. Uh, I believe it was with Pithing Needle okay. that was uh, the player who, who played it named Borborigmos. But the card that they meant to name was Borborigmos Enraged, yep. which is, as you know, a separate card from Borborigmos. Uh-huh. Um, and there was just this huge kerfluffle over... Well, Borborigmos is a legal card, and that's what they named. It's like, but they clearly meant to name Borborigmos Enraged. And uh, and now the the rule as a result of that ruling is that you don't have to name 
the exact true name of a magic card when you are naming a magic card for the purpose of resolving an effect, as long as both you and your opponents mutually understand which card you're talking about. So you could describe a card if you wanted to. Like, yeah, I want the furnace with, like, all the people walking into it and, like, burning themselves alive. Uh, but you don't know Reprocess is the name. That's fine now because of Borborygmos. I'll tell you what. If somebody gets rid of a card, if somebody gets rid of Reprocess and is like, no, you don't get to play that card, that is the ultimate win for this podcast. Oh. No. <laughs> For for reprocess, I think to be <laughs> that's fair. It's like, oh yeah, it you're just playing got way more the famous. big boys now. Reprocess, not fifty cents anymore. You are targeted oh, removal God. from the deck. Holy cow, reprocess! Whoa! Oh, uh, <laughs> Jester's captain out of the deck. Borborygmos. Uh, well, that was a big moment for Borborygmos. I I can't get those cards in the mail. I haven't gotten to play it yet, so I'm I'm pretty excited. You can hear about that, I think, on uh, on Ristic Studies' video about Pithy Needle. He tells that anecdote. Um, just fantastic. Now, Borborygmos is such an incredible name that I wish it was in the recent Secret Lair drop uh, about metal cards like... Oh, yeah. Like Death Metal, where it where it had... Uh, what was it? Uh, Thraxamundar. Oh, yeah, Thraxamundar yeah. was the only commander they have, which is a great name for a metal band. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Borborygmos could have been one too, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Metal commanders. That might be Thraxamundar. Or a segment in the future. <laughs> oh, wait. We just had Cal time. Never mind. Like, half yeah. of those are metal commanders. Are no, intended no. to be. Yeah, metal commanders. They look cool, though. They're I, very I, sweet. So, I like them a lot. I just built so, Orvar. That's my third thing I've been working on right now. Literally wow. three decks I've built in the last few months. It's ridiculous. I build like one deck every three years. And that's only if you dismantle another one if it has the same colors. <laughs> I have not yet dismantled a deck. I've, I've changed the deck over, but I've not yet dismantled one. Oh, well, then I, then I approve of this message. Hmm. <laughs> I'm looking at the... Uh, I, I recently... Uh, acquired an actual desk and uh, computer chair, so I'd only make, you know, forty percent of the same noises that I do before whenever I move and shift because I'm an an anxious person. Um, so I've got all of this cardboard that's just sitting on the floor of my room, and at the same time, I went and got all my call time stuff today, and that cardboard has sat on top of this cardboard, so it looks like I have this six foot by three foot tall mound of just magic stuff and it's really just like i don't know 15 cardboard on cardboard and a couple yeah. <laughs> and a fat pack yeah. and i'm like oh well that's 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 disappointing it's like when you flash the cash but you only show the hundreds at the front of the pile yeah, and the yeah, rest yeah. Is there's ones. lots lots of singles i think there's yeah. actually some loonies uh underneath it because some I, I, some disney fun books yeah things along yeah. those lines <laughs> all right well, Rachel, it was just a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Absolutely. Uh, so thank you for listening, everyone. Rachel, again, thank you for joining us today. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, absolutely. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Rachel Reeks. It's, <laughs> it's cute. Um, it's and, so the, and that'll have links to all of my stuff, but I am one half of the Comedy Commander podcast, The Commander Sphere. Uh, and that was with my co-host Dan Sheehan who's incredible mm-hmm. you should follow him as well um, and then I am a part of a live play D&D game called Better Than Heroes we play a Spelljammer inspired game uh, which means we play D&D in space on pirate ships basically 
Fantastic. Um, it's incredible. We are now, we tried to steal a mind flayer ship and now are about to get our brain sucked out. It's it's going to be a big episode <laughs> on Monday. Um, so a D&D <laughs> campaign. A D&D campaign. You've, you've heard of these. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> Um, and that's every Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, yeah. And then I just had uh, an episode of Game Nights come out. So check that out as you well did. if you haven't already. Absolutely. You yeah. did. Uh, and I, I won't spoil it for anybody um, who hasn't seen it yet. But, wow, Simic is still really strong. Um, it's very weird. Is it now? Is Simic, is Simic still strong? I wouldn't have thought Simic was still strong. Yeah, but you know what? They didn't fix it in one set to make everything oh, catch up. Oh, gosh. Uh, Alex, where can people find you? Yeah, my people can get me on Twitter at Lappermedic, and you can email me directly at alex at edhrec.com. All right. And Rachel, we're going to have to talk later because you talked a bit. Uh, you said earlier that you tuned down the Feldegriff deck. And mm-hmm. we, yeah. Oh, I. I I'm coming for you, Dana Rose. You have to tune up the Feldegrift deck. <laughs> so, um, I'll send you my you tuned wanna... up list, but uh, <laughs> you don't want the list as it is I want now. the 9.5 power Feldegrift list. <laughs> there that's, used to be. That's... There was a Feldegrift Flash Hulk deck. I love it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's Feldegrift at 10. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to buy any of the cards we talked about, including the now banned Flash Felderick Flash deck, buy up uh, all the deck flashes boxes. for when that gets right. never unbanned. The most powerful competitive <laughs> commander, Feldegriff. Uh, if you want to look into purchasing any of the things we talked about, getting something to put them in, sleeves, deck boxes, all that good stuff, uh, you can support us by, again, going to bit.ly slash EDH social. If you have any questions or comments for us, follow us on Twitter at EDH underscore social or email us at the social contract EDH at gmail.com. Absolute pleasure having you on, Rachel. We'll talk to you all soon.